0: It's time to play like a Jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a Jet. What does that mean? Garrett Wilson. Wow!
1: What a catch! Touchdown, Jets! That kid's amazing. Gibson on the return. Near side. I don't see any flags. Gibson
0: inside the 30. Hits the Jets. And he's gonna go! Just
1: win it! Touchdown, rookie Xavier Gibson. Game over. Allen has time. Intercepted. Gardner's got it, Allen. Tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees! Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quentin Williams.
3: What a beast. Number 95 for the Jets.
4: Listen, thank you. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time to answer your mailbag questions. So for that, we bring in our friend who is the editor over at JetNation.com, Mr. Glenn Naughton. Glenn, what's up,
3: brother? I'll tell you what, man. The more I watch this team and listen to this head coach speak, I feel like I'm back in the, uh, the days of Adam Gase. So I guess I could be better. I
4: hear you on that one. Trust me. It has been a strange week for Robert Sala. And I'm sure we've got plenty of questions about it. First, let's start, though. With our friend Michael Christopher and Michael S, why does it always look like every team is ahead of the Jets when it comes to offensive scheme? People say West Coast offense is much more effective, but it seems like players get hurt, especially quarterbacks. Why don't these coaches play to the strength of players more with this team? I don't really know what to tell you. It's really weird because I don't think there's anything that the Jets are doing that's different. I think they just have a lot of really bad luck, especially with Aaron Rodgers, a 40-year-old quarterback, tears his Achilles on the fourth play of the season. I know that the Jets have had a history of having injuries and things like that. And as far as the offensive scheme, the West Coast offense is pretty similar to the Shanahan offense. The Shanahan offense is run by some of the most successful head coaches in the nfl so i just don't know what's going on i think it might be execution it might be the coaches that are failing but i don't think it's anything specific to the jets i think it might just be execution coaches and bad luck
3: yeah i mean it's it feels like this has been the story for for and it has been for over a decade now right if it feels like every time they bring in a new offensive coordinator you have this this optimism that all right maybe they're gonna Maybe the Jets enter the twenty first century from an offensive standpoint and and start scoring record numbers like every other team in the league. Um, you know, Hackett, I didn't have that optimism. Hackett, I just felt like, well, if he gets us Aaron Rodgers, I guess he's worth it. Because I, I as you know, a standalone guy, I think we're seeing now what he's made of when when Aaron Rodgers isn't the guy pulling the trigger, but it's it's beyond frustrating.
4: Next question comes in from Fergus Obi-Wan. He asks, if the season goes to 3-14, and will Robert Sala be fired? Does Joe Douglas get another chance to pick a head coach, or should he be fired at the end of the season as well? So there's been a lot of this going around where people are talking about people losing their jobs. I'll be honest, I think Sala and Douglas are both back, barring something unforeseen. And I'll tell you why. Aaron Rodgers is is still the straw that stirs the drink around here, whether people like it or not. And we'll talk in a little bit about quarterbacks and the buzz about the Jets, possibly taking one if they finish in a bad enough position. But what this comes down to is Aaron Rodgers likes Joe Douglas and he likes Robert Sala. He's not going to want to be a part of a complete teardown from an organizational standpoint, unless of course you want Nathaniel Hackett to be the head coach. If you want that, then maybe that happens and they get rid of Sala. But other than that, I don't see anything major happening. I think they'll both be back because Rodgers likes them. And then they're going to come back and they're going to try to win around Aaron Rodgers. That was the plan this year. I think it'll be the plan next year. So that's really where I'm at right now. Whether they go 3-14, and 1-16, whatever it is, I think there's a very high likelihood that Robert Sala and Joe Douglas are back. And I think they probably know that.
3: Yeah, I think it, it, I think it would be... Um... I, I also think they're safe. I've said that for a while now, um, and I guess what what I have a hard time with is is imagining three and fourteen. Um, I know they're I know they the quarterback is atrocious right now, but um, I, this team is too good to you know we, we saw them win games last year with Zach Wilson. Granted, he was carried by the rest of the team, but um, I don't see them winning only two games the rest of the way. But if they did, that is the question, right? Um, and I agree with you. I don't think they want to start o- start all over, tear everything down having you know convinced aaron Rodgers to come here with joe douglas and robert sala at the head of this thing and you know potentially risk aaron Rodgers saying you know god the fans are crazy um they just fired the guys i came here to play for and uh w- why should i come back you know so i, I don't think they want to risk losing aaron Rodgers.
1: lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky
2: lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office
4: Next question comes in from AJ Tranzano. He asks if the Jets wind up with a top five pick, it seems like a pretty deep quarterback class. Do the Jets take one or do they take an offensive lineman, maybe a tackle and trade back, help recoup the second round pick if they lost in the Rodgers deal and potentially get a quarterback in 2025. So I've been talking a lot about this on Twitter. I'll say that I think they may pick a quarterback, but the odds of them picking one in the first round are almost zero And I'll tell you why. And it goes back to what I just said about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers came here and was sold the idea of trying to win one more championship with the Jets. Everything that was done in the offseason was to build around Aaron Rodgers. He took that massive pay cut to give the Jets financial flexibility and all of that. Aaron Rodgers is not going to stand for the Jets having one pick in like the top 80 and using that pick on a guy to sit behind him. Jordan Love is a perfect example of what pissed Aaron Rodgers off when he was in Green Bay. Now, I've seen people say, well, you never know, because people said he would never be a mentor. And they were wrong about that. He's been a good influence since he's here. The difference is when he came here, Zach Wilson was already here and he had an existing relationship with Zach Wilson. When he was in Green Bay, his thought was, let's chase the championship. And then when Green Bay turned around and took their first-round pick that he thought could be used on a receiver or an offensive lineman or something to help him and used it on Jordan Love, he was infuriated because he said, Why are you guys using this to sit some kid behind me? I need someone to help me win right now. And that would be the situation here with the Jets without question. If the Jets were to pick Drake May or something like that with their pick, he would lose his mind. And there's no way that Woody Johnson is going to risk upsetting Aaron Rodgers, who could very easily just turn around and retire if it gets to that point. We've seen that he's the type of guy that dances to the beat of his own drummer. And look, if you're Woody Johnson, you do have to understand his point of view, right? The Jets took two quarterbacks between 2018 and 2021 in the top three. Two different general managers made those decisions, and they were both busts. Or at least Wilson sure looks like he's going to be a bust at this point. We already know that Darnold at the moment has proven to be nothing more than a backup. Maybe he goes to Geno Smith route and turns out to be awesome down the line. But right now he has proven to be nothing more than a backup. And Zach Wilson at this rate looks like he may very well be out of the league at a certain point. So they put this game plan together, took all this time to convince Aaron Rodgers to come here, got on Woody's private jet, the whole thing, finally got this guy who's a proven commodity. They're not going to risk him going away. And Aaron Rodgers is not going to stand for them drafting somebody in the first round to sit behind him. So what would happen most likely is if the Jets had a top pick, they would auction it off, get a lot of picks, trade down, get some offensive line help, maybe a playmaker, maybe some guys to help. On the soft spots on the defense, they might pick a quarterback a little bit later on. And Glenn, I'm sure you've watched some. So I'll let you talk about some of the guys that they might get right now. It looks like Drake May and Caleb Williams are the top two guys who should go one and two or at least somewhere close. After that, should Shantor Sanders, if he were to enter the draft, would probably be in the mix somewhere. We've heard about J.J. McCarthy, the quarterback from Michigan. Michael Penix Jr., the quarterback from Washington. Although, it's interesting, Glenn, I was listening to Dane Brugler and Nate Tice talk about Michael Penix Jr., and they correctly pointed out some of his flaws. His timing can be late. Sometimes he has trouble on certain throws. His ball placement can be a little off. Sometimes his receivers bail him out. There's potential there, but you're looking at a guy that, according to Dean Brugler and Nate Tice, could go third, fourth round. If that happens, you might be looking at a player that the Jets could consider. If he ends up going higher than that, like in the first round, I don't think they're going to do that. K.J. Jefferson and Quinn Ewers, you're hearing about the two of them. K.J. Jefferson from Arkansas, Quinn Ewers, the quarterback of my Texas Longhorns. Those guys could go in the first or second round. At least that's the buzz right now. I don't think you're looking at the Jets picking a guy in the first or second round. If they trade down, then maybe they would pick someone in the second round. But even then, I wouldn't bet on it. I think ultimately Aaron Rodgers gives Joe Douglas and Robert Sala an excuse for this year. And also a get-out-of-jail-free card for... Next year, because Woody Johnson's going to want to run it back with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is not going to want some major changes. So you'll see Douglas and Salah back for another year. It'll be Aaron Rodgers, and they're going to proceed with the plan that they thought they were going to proceed with this year. As far as 2025, again, it really depends on how long Rodgers plays. I don't think they're going to take a quarterback for as long as Rodgers is here because the plan was always for Rodgers to be the quarterback and the Jets to chase a championship. I know that they sold everybody on sitting Zach Wilson behind Rodgers and hopefully turning him into something. But I think in the back of their heads, they all realized that that's a low percentage play. And eventually they'd have to do something at quarterback. The thing is though, as I said, Aaron Rodgers is not going to stand for a high draft pick at quarterback when this team has needs that are immediate for him on the offensive side of the ball and even the defensive side of the ball. So I don't think the Jets are picking a quarterback in the first round. I would be extremely surprised. And as far as what they might do at quarterback with a young guy, as I said, if somebody like Michael Penix or Glenn, you are watching a lot of these guys, so I'm sure there's someone you probably have in mind for a mid-round guy. If one of those guys is available, especially if the Jets were to trade down and pick up extra picks, then maybe that's something that happens. But other than that, I don't see a quarterback being drafted by the Jets at a high pick.
3: Yeah, I think the only way anything like that happens is in the unlikely event. Basically, they're going to have to run it past Rodgers, and they would have to sell him on something like, you know, let's sit down and talk about what our biggest needs are to help you. Let's see if we can address most or all of those needs through free agency. And it's going to depend on, because really, I understand, you know, Rodgers does want to win now, but even he, I would think, has to realize well I just blew my Achilles out I'm 40 who's to say something doesn't happen next year like and these guys can't keep not drafting quarterbacks in the event that I come back and have a a season where I stay healthy so I don't I don't know that there's a way to get him to agree to that but without him agreeing to that I don't see it happening for the reasons that you mentioned and I don't I don't think the Jets are going to be willing to say well we don't give a damn if Aaron's mad we're getting a quarterback which is kind of unfortunate because it is, you know, it is a good class. Um, You know, where guys are going to rise and fall between now and draft day, of course, you know, remains to be seen. But if we're talking guys outside of round one, um, a guy who's probably, just in my opinion, who's not being talked about nearly enough, and it could be because it's it's a very deep class, Um, a guy I really liked since last year, Cam Ward from Washington State. Cam Ward can make every throw. He's got plenty of arm strength. He uses his legs well. Shows great touch on you know on on the short stuff. Does a good job of of hitting all three levels and it, it he protects the football. So everything I've seen from him, and I watched a ton of Washington State last year because they just I feel like they have a lot of NFL talent. Um, I I was a huge Dan Henley guy last year, so I was watching a ton of him. But as I'm watching him, I'm you know you know seeing Cam Ward and some of these other you know Ron Stone and 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 a few of the other uh, defensive players they have. Um, Jalen Daniels is another one from Kansas who admittedly um, I only I tuned in to watch one Kansas game last week and he didn't play that week and I think it was one of those situations where he was healthy but re- coming back from something and the team felt like they could beat the team they were playing with their backup so uh, I'm not sure how he looked in in since coming back I'm going to try to watch some of him this week but those are the two names that I'm I'm really a big fan of uh, Cam Ward and Jalen Daniels from um, Washington State and Kansas, respectively. Next
4: question comes in from Wayne Ellis. He asks, with all the criticism of Zach Wilson and the signing of Trevor Simeon, who would you have brought in at quarterback? So this is an interesting question because I don't think the signing of Trevor Simeon was bad considering who was available. And I talked about this on the show. I think as far as who was there when the Jets were actually looking for a quarterback Simeon was probably about the best they were going to do. He's at least a decent quarterback who played recently. He was battling for that Cincinnati backup job. We even saw him start against the Jets last year when he played for the Bears and Justin Fields was out. He's been here before, so he's familiar. I know people will say that he played under Adam Gase, but there is something to the fact that he was a Jet before. That helps his understanding of what it means to be here, if nothing else. And he's been in a bunch of different systems, so he should pick it up pretty quickly. I had no problem with the Simeon signing. He's just not a sexy name, as we know. The issue here to me is that the Jets waited way too long to act. First of all, as soon as Aaron Rodgers went down, they should have gotten a veteran. And you've heard people say, well, they didn't want to hurt Zach Wilson's confidence. Very simple. You make it clear to Zach Wilson that the job is his. The veteran is only here as insurance in case he gets hurt. Because remember, Zach Wilson has had injuries in each of the last two seasons, so you need some insurance regardless of whether or not you're bringing the guy in here to even attempt to compete for the starting job. You make it clear to Zach Wilson and to whoever it is you sign that the guy is coming in here to be the backup, and Zach Wilson has nothing to worry about. He's got a long leash. He doesn't have to stress looking over his shoulder at whoever the backup is. They should have done that weeks ago, but... I also think the even bigger mistake was not taking care of this months ago. And Glenn, you and I have talked about this a million times on the show. The Jets should never have had the plan of going into the season with Zach Wilson as the backup because there was always a chance he was going to have to play. And the plan, they told us over and over again, was for Zach Wilson to sit behind Aaron Rodgers, learn, and eventually become a serviceable NFL quarterback. Well, if he's the backup, There's always a chance that he could get in there. He is an injury to a 40-year-old quarterback away from having to play. They pretended like Aaron Rodgers couldn't get hurt, and Zach Wilson wouldn't have to potentially go in there as the main backup. And that blew up in their face. Wilson should have been redshirted if the plan was what they said, which was to completely regroup Zach Wilson, rebuild him from scratch, and eventually get him ready in a year or two. Now he got shoved in there faster than he should have. And this sort of reminds me of what happened last year when Zach Wilson was thrown in there after Mike White got injured. That never should have happened. They should have realized that Zach Wilson needed to be shut down, period, and gone with Joe Flacco. Everybody gave me flack for saying that at the time, but I was right. And the reason I gave was if you threw him back out there before he was ready, there was a significant possibility that you were going to do even more damage to him. And that's what happened. Look at what happened in that Jaguars game on national television. He got booed off the field in front of his home crowd. And now you're seeing more damage being done. Look at what happened against the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick and the fan reactions and all of that. It's been an absolute mess. I've heard a lot of people say, well, you can't say the judge should have gotten a better quarterback because all the good backup quarterbacks went to situations where they might have had a chance to start at least for a little bit. Gardner Minshew went to the Colts where they drafted Anthony Richardson. So maybe Minshew thought he would be the bridge starter this year. Andy Dalton went to the Carolina Panthers. So maybe he thought he'd be the bridge starter this year. Jameis Winston was already where he was with the Saints. And then they brought in Derek Carr. You could go down the line with the different backups here. But here's the issue. Josh Dobbs signed with the Cleveland Browns in March. He knew damn well he wasn't starting over to Sean Watson. And then he was traded in late August. The Jets could have signed Dobbs in March or traded for him in late August for pennies. There's also Teddy Bridgewater, who was still available in August. The Jets could have signed him at any time, and they didn't. So they clearly had the plan of Zach Wilson being the backup. And they can sell you on. It was because they wanted him to get backup reps or whatever. But this was a fatal flaw in their plan you had to have some sort of insurance policy in case rogers went down glenn we talked about this before not only would it have been prudent if say rogers only went down for two to four games and you needed somebody to get you by but in the event of a season-ending injury like this we said last year that all the jets needed was competent quarterback play and they had a chance to compete for a playoff spot. Well, now they don't have that competent quarterback play. We'll see what happens. Trevor Simeon gets in there. Maybe Zach Wilson turns it around, but it hasn't looked good, or at least it sure didn't against New England Patriots. Competent quarterback play like Teddy Bridgewater, or what you're seeing from Josh Dobbs in Arizona, or any of the guys that I listed before, if they've been able to get one of them, one of those types of backups would have been good enough to at least give the Jets a chance, a reasonable chance at the playoffs. The way Zach Wilson played against the Patriots, if he plays anywhere near that poorly, the rest of the way the Jets are going to have zero chance at a playoff spot, and they're going to have a lot of trouble beating anybody. So that was a situation where the Jets messed up months ago, and Simeon now at this point was probably the best they were going to do. So I don't have any criticism of them signing Simeon based on who was available. My criticism goes back to they should have signed somebody immediately after Aaron Rodgers went down. And more to the point, they should have signed somebody months and months ago to be a viable option in case something happened to Aaron Rodgers and they didn't do it and now they're paying the price.
3: Yeah. I mean it's it's we we've really beaten the dead horse with this topic because you and I did go on for so long in the offseason about the need for a backup quarterback. I I I I said at one point and I said it a couple times, like, I can't take this team seriously as a contender, even though, of course, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I was drinking the Kool-Aid. I said they can go to the Super Bowl. But in the back of my mind, the whole time is like, you don't have a guy that can win you a few games if you need it. And God forbid it's, you know, Aaron Rodgers misses a long stretch of time. You don't have a guy, you know, and, and you don't, like you said, you don't have to look back for, look at last year. If you had Gardner Minshew last year, you go to the playoffs. Like you went a month without scoring a touchdown. And you were knocking on the door. You know what I mean? So this team didn't need a lot and they still don't need a lot. Um, and it's exactly what they got. It was not a lot by going out and, and getting Trevor Simeon, who, as you said, with, with what's available out there, you know, this time of year, it, it's not about whether or not the Jets handled the quarterback situation this week. It's about how they handled it over the past four or five months and, and not go, you know, uh, I mentioned Baker Mayfield. You know, listen, and maybe I'm wrong, but going back to the start of free agency, I don't recall there being like a concrete consensus that he was going to get a starting job. Like, I think there were some that were, you know, open to the fact that he might have to take a backup gig somewhere and hope that somebody misses some time. So there were there were guys out there on the market, quality guys, you know, Minshew, Baker, um, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, who we've mentioned, all guys. If you're just saying, look, you know, Zach Wilson... Zach Wilson has progressed to the point of turning the ball over less, but still can't get in the damn end zone. You know, so like even for the little the 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 sort of incremental progress he's made since last year, which there are some things there, it's still not enough. You know, a lot of people have gotten on me for saying Zach is doing some things better this year, um, but they're just they're they're interpreting my saying he's improved as if I'm saying he's great now, which he's obvious he's basically gotten better, but he had so far to go that even that little bit isn't enough to make a difference so the Jets really handled this poorly the plan all along should have been Zach Wilson in street clothes all year barring some you know an early playoff clinch or something like that he shouldn't have seen the field um they dropped the ball there and now this is the domino effect not getting someone right away was ridiculous when Rodgers got hurt and now this is where we are and it's you know Trevor Simeon is you know is we've gone from Aaron Rodgers to Trevor Simeon you know he's going to save our season I you know I don't I don't see it happening Glenn,
4: what really drives you crazy is Teddy Bridgewater. Or at least that's really what drives me crazy because they could have had him for months. He was sitting out there. Yep. He didn't sign until August. Yep, That is egregious. They could have done something there. Teddy Bridgewater is not a great quarterback, but he is a serviceable starter. He can get you by. And as we said. I didn't necessarily buy into the Super Bowl hype. I thought they had a chance only in the sense that once you get into the playoffs, anything can happen. I had them going 11-5 and and getting a wild card spot. But this is a team that is good enough to compete for a playoff spot, at least if you had respectable quarterback play. It doesn't necessarily mean the Super Bowl, but look, as we've said, you get into the playoffs and anything can happen. We've seen crazier things. Look at Nick Foles. For example, in that run that the Eagles went on in the playoffs and ended up winning the Super Bowl. It's not out of the realm of possibility that something crazy happens. You just got to get in the playoffs. And honestly, as a fan, you want to see that playoff streak broken. It's embarrassing at this point to be rooting for a team that hasn't made the playoffs in a dozen years. Teddy Bridgewater, if he had been here from day one, would have at least given the Jets an opportunity to compete for a playoff spot. I'd say Josh Dobbs is showing the same thing. There are other backups that you talked about that could have done that too. And the Jets passed on getting any of them and decided to go with Zach Wilson. And if they don't make the playoffs or even come close, or they have a disaster of a season, which it looks like could happen, you're going to look back at that decision As a really bad one. And Joe Douglas and Robert Sala... And all the brain trust involved should be harshly judged for making that decision and with that we'll wrap up part one of the mailbag we'll be back tomorrow to answer more of your questions in the meantime check out everything Glenn's doing at jetnation.com and follow him on Twitter at JN radio underscore Glenn check out everything we're doing at play like a and the play like a jet YouTube channel we've got some awesome all 22 breakdowns on our channel youtube.com play like a jet so watch those videos and Subscribe if you haven't already. Check out our store, teepublic.com. That's teepublic.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quentin Williams, bless you, thank you shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there. teepublic.com. That's teepublic.com. And be sure to give us a five star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital at playlikeajet.com.
2: With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.